You are listening to Feast Radio, bringing God's love and grace on air. Listen to significant and heartfelt messages you can reflect on and pray about. May this message help prepare you to face challenges, follow your dreams, and open yourself up to God's unlimited blessings. What an honor it is to stand in the presence of our loving Father. I don't know what brought you to church here today, but I'm believing in faith that God actually wants you to be here. There is a divine appointment that He wants you to hear His Word and and He wants you to feel His love. And so if you're coming from a place of brokenness, a place of weakness, a place of, of, of trials, I want you to know that God is here and whatever God is, miracles happen love happens joy happens come on is there any joy in the room of the house of God today I want to feel some joy today you know so for some of you you only get to do this once a week you know where you get to actually come before the Lord and praise him and thank him and so we, we want to honor you for braving it out I know that it's not easy somebody is here all the way from Singapore Mark is here somebody came all the way from the south why don't you clap for one another from where you came from I don't know the kinds of difficulties that you are experiencing today can you take a look at the person beside you come on real quick take a look at the person beside you hindi mo alam but there is a reason why they are still standing here and it's only because of the grace of God that allowed them to be here to still stand by the grace of God so I want you to tell the person beside you I'm glad you're here come on I'm glad you're here thank you thank you for being here we want to welcome everybody joining us online thank you so much for always being with us even if you're not here physically we believe that you are here spiritually and we feel your love we feel your warmth especially you know through your prayers through your giving through your support of our feast thank you so much you know who you are and maybe one day here's my declaration that we will get to see you live and worship the Lord with together with all of us all right I want to especially thank everybody who is here in Barcelona Academy because God knows how many of you here came from the south can you raise your hand from the south come on Let's give a hand to those people living in the south. How many of you here came from the east? Rizal people. Anybody from Rizal here? Nobody? Nobody? Everybody? Anybody from the west? Anybody from out of town? Out of town? We got a couple people here. Let's clap our hands for those who came all the way to Barcelona Academy. Alam niyo po. I want to honor everybody who came from a very far distance. Even the people who came from Bulacan. Because the simple reason is the truth that it's not cheap to travel nowadays, right? I mean, gas is, is so expensive today. The root word of gastos is gas. Mahal ang gas ngayon. In fact, you know what? Gas nowadays, this is the new normal. The new normal today is that, you know, window shopping is like this. Can we show the photo? Regular or premium? I'm just looking. Yan ang bagong window shopping ngayon. Sa taas na preso ng gasolina. In fact, you know what? For those of you struggling with gas, yung mga hindi kaya, bumunot ng pitaka kasi mahal-mahal ng, ng presyo ng gasolina, there's good news. Because officially, starting today, gas is going to be now available in sachets. 
saan naabot ang 20 pesos mo? Yan. So, kung kailangan nyo na, it comes in sachets already. In fact, here's another one last joke for, for, for because this is relevant for all of us, you know. If you are sweating and you're feeling a little bit of, uh, you know, symptoms, parang linalagnat ka, parang feeling mo inuubo ka. When you feel like, especially when you are in the gas station, may tawag dyan ngayon, this is what it's called, you are suffering from what it's called car owner virus. Tumawa naman kayo! <laughs> it's not easy to be here up on stage, but you know, that's that's trending online. So I just pick, picked up those jokes and uh, we're gonna have a lot of those Tito jokes today. But I wanna especially um, use this time right now to still park it a little bit because I wanna honor two people. Two people that some of you might not even have met. Some, 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 some people might not have even encountered. But I want to honor right now one person who was called by the Lord very recently. He joined our Creator and he's back in the house of God, in God's kingdom. His name is Brother Zaldi de la Peña. You know, Brother Zaldi, we give a big hand to Brother Zaldi. Brother Zaldi is, uh, he's, almost, he's almost my age. He married very early. He's got two kids. And, you know, a few days ago, Brother Zaldi passed away to our shock but I don't want to miss this opportunity to say this about him because I found out about his story from his sister TL TL who happens to be our music ministry head in our Feast Armita and she said you know brother Ori Zaldi is the reason why our family is at the feast because one day when our mom was sick way back when early 20, 2010 2011 I'm not sure what the date is he, she said that brother Zaldi my brother he went to the feast and he joined a ministry called Posh, the pray over ministry. Why? Because he wanted to learn how to pray over the mom. So every week, they would have a pray over session with Zaldi leading the family. And when the mom passed away, unfortunately, she went back to the Lord 2014. Zaldi said, my mission to pray over my mom is over. And so his wife was in the couple's ministry and said they joined together, him and his wife. And you know, Brother Zaldi and Sister Abby, together with their kids, they were supposed to succeed the next couple's ministry head in our feast to replace, you know, the, the couple's Brother Alan and Sister Nenny Marchand. It was scheduled that they would be the ones to replace. And we had plans for them to take over that ministry, but God had different plans for Brother Zaldi that God would call him back because he needed another angel there. Sometimes God heals you by bringing you home. And so if you have somebody in your life that, that God brought home, that's how God heals us sometimes. He brings us home back. And so I loved when TL said this, that Zaldi is the reason why we are all in the feast. He's, he has fulfilled his mission of bringing people closer to the Lord. And I don't know about you if you're the type of person who you know, likes to invite people to the feast, you like to invite people to a prayer gathering or even to just even a small light group or a feast light maybe. I want to encourage you that we be inspired with the life of Zaldi who used his life as a platform, as a stage where God would get to meet others because of him. You're called to be an instrument of God. You're called to bring people who are far from Jesus, those people that we cannot reach. And may we be inspired by the life of Zaldi who lived so faithfully until the very last day of his life that he was serving the Lord, serving his family, and we honor him. But there is another person that I also want to honor. 
somebody who's no longer here also, the dad of Brother Miguel Ramirez, one of our builders, our, our previous builders at the feast who passed away also a couple of days. He was traveling back home from the U.S. after spending time with family. And then, just like that, you might be journeying in this world, my friend, but we only have one destination and our destination is Jesus. How many of you want to say amen to that? I want to encourage you to keep walking in faith towards the Lord. While you still have breath, walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Touch your neighbor and say, walk with Jesus. Amen. Oh, it's so good to be in the presence of God right now. How many of you are really happy to be here? Raise your hand. I'm so happy to be with you here today also. I want to invite you right now as we begin our talk series today to invite God's presence in your life and to ask God to speak to you in a very personal way as we all come in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Everybody, come on, lift up your hands. You know the drill. Lift it up as high as you can and then say this with me. Today, I receive all of God's love for me. Today, I open myself to the unbounded, limitless, overflowing abundance of God's universe. Today, I open myself to God's blessings, healing, and miracles. Today, I open myself to God's Word so that I become more and more like Jesus every day. Today, I proclaim that I'm God's beloved. I am God's servant. Shout this out. I am God's powerful champion. And because I am blessed, I am blessing the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, can I invite you, if you are at home or in your office, wherever you are, please feel free to stand in honor of God's Word. Let's all sing. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I am declaring that God is going to illuminate your path right now with the things that might be blurry, that might be confusing. I want to welcome you to our brand new series. It's a special series. It's a unique series called Citizen, How to Build a Nation. And we're going to talk for the next few Sundays about this thing that's happening in our country. We're headed towards elections, and I'm sure that a lot of you have questions. How do we choose the candidate? How do we know who the right one is that we choose to vote for? I want you to, for a moment, just open your hearts and open your minds because God is going to speak, okay? I want God to disturb you from your comfort zone right now. And uh, I want you to know that God is concerned about politics. In fact, here is our title, okay? You might be shocked a little bit by this. Here it is. Are you ready? Say, I'm ready. God likes politics. God likes politics. Did you know that? Some of you are a little bit allergic to the word politics, but God likes politics. How do I know this? Because God is concerned about the welfare of the world because God cares about you. God loves you. In fact, as early as um, the Old Testament, if I remember this correctly, God was already showing interest in politics. When was this? When He was deeply immersed in the politics of Israel. How many of you know this, that God actually chose the kings of Israel? God chose King Saul, the first ruler of Israel. And then when Saul disobeyed God, you know what he did? He plucked a shepherd boy, raised up that shepherd boy, and then raised him to be king. His name is David, considered to be the greatest king of Israel. And then before David died, 
he chose another king, the son of David, named Solomon, considered to be the wisest king of Israel. In fact, you know, Daniel says this. Daniel said, God removes kings and sets up kings. So check it out. God is the real kingmaker. God is the one who puts people in position. He's the one who puts people in that place of leadership. So if you're the type of person and you feel that God is calling you to lead, you better make sure that you've got God's blessing in your life and God's anointing. So if God is concerned about politics, what do you need to do? Listen to this. I want you to say this to the person beside you. My friend. Come on, pick one, pick one. Your favorite friend. Say, my friend. God is calling you to serve Him through politics. <gasps> really? Are you sure, Brother Audie? Because, you know, like I said, some of you are allergic to politics like Brother Bo himself. You know, uh, does this mean that we all need to file our certificate of candidacy the moment it becomes available? Okay, here, here's the thing. Some of you are going to be called to serve in government. And we pray that some of you will be called to serve in politics because God knows we need more champions, you know, to serve the cause of the poor. But some of you are going to be called in different ways to serve God in different things. Like for instance, Brother Bo. Brother Bo is called to be a spiritual leader. I'm called to be a spiritual leader. In fact, you know, last Sunday, somebody came up to Brother Bo and said, Brother Bo, I am not BBM. I am BBS. And he's like, What's BBS? Brother Bo Sanchez. <laughs> How many of you are also BBS like me? <laughs> you got our vote, Brother Bo. <laughs> he may not be for politics, but he is for people. And he is for the Lord. And for that, we honor you, Brother Bo. We want to be like him, to be inspired, to live a life for people and for God. But you know, some of you will not be called to serve in government and that's fine because you can still serve Him through politics. How? Let me give you two ways. If you feel like taking notes, those of you online, write down the first one. Discern the best candidate. Can you tell the person beside you? Preach that to the person beside you. Discern the best candidate. Come on. What do you do? You do your research. You study. You know, you don't just listen to your parents. You don't just listen to what the popular vote is saying about that person. You do your research. You check their platform. Listen to the debates. And then we gave you two qualifications, remember? Character and competence. Somebody even suggested another qualification, the third one. Company. Because you can, you can tell an awful lot about a person based on the company that they keep. The people that they surround themselves with. I'll give you a fourth one even. Commitment check how committed they are in serving not just themselves but the poor you know check those things and once you you've discerned the best candidate for you support that candidate rally behind that candidate second way to serve god through politics is this you look at every issue in politics through the lens of faith what does that mean well that's what we're going to talk about today I'm going to give you our big message and I'm, I'm going to read to you this beautiful scripture from Isaiah. But our beautiful message is this. It's very personal. And I do hope that you receive this. Are you ready for this? Are you sure? Say, I'm ready. The message today is God is the restorer. God is the restorer. Can you put your hand over your chest right now and say, God is my restorer. Amen. Amen. I hope that goes deep into your heart. We're going to read a chapter from Isaiah. 
It's a little bit long, but I hope you stay with me. Continue standing. It says that in chapter 58, verse 6 of Isaiah, I want you to give the context first that this is a time when the Israelites were praying to the Lord. And then they were fasting. And then they asked God, Lord, why are my prayers being unanswered? How many of you can relate with that? That you're doing everything, you're fasting, you're surrendering, and yet it feels like God is not answering your prayers. That's what the Israelites were saying and asking God. And then God answered them in verse 6. God says, no, this is the kind of fasting that I want. Listen to this. God says, free those who are wrongfully in prison. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them. And listen to this. Do not hide from relatives who need your help. Sabi mo sa katabi mo, bawal magtago. Yung iba sa inyo, ang galing magtago pag may kailangan na tulong yung kapamilya nyo. So what is God saying here? You know, we're used to fasting. When it comes to fasting, the usual fast is you fast from sweets, you fast from, from social media, you fast from the good stuff of life. But clearly, God is asking us for a deeper fast. And instead of just praying, Lord, sometimes our prayers are very self-centered. Like, Lord, help me win this argument over this person. Or, Lord, I want you to, 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 to um, um, let, me, let me have you know, an advantage over this other person. Sometimes it's self-centered, but God is teaching us today that our prayers should be people-centered. You know, we help those who are suffering, those who are wrongfully accused, those who are hungry, those who are suffering. And then God has a promise that when we do this, it says in verse 8, then your salvation, your salvation. I want to preach this to the person in the back. Your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. That is God's promise. And then he repeats it again, the instruction. In verse 9, he says, Remove the heavy yoke of oppression. Stop pointing your finger and spreading vicious rumors. Instead, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. And again, a promise by the Lord in verse 11. God says, Then your light will shine out from the darkness, and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring. Hallelujah. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known, listen to this, as a rebuilder of walls and as a restorer of homes. Let's give the Lord a big hand just for that word. So good. So good. I want you to put your hand over your chest. Pray this with me, dear Lord. You are my restorer. Restore me from my brokenness, from my sins, from the destruction that has happened in my life. Make me brand new today. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time, everybody. Lift your hands in honor of God's Word. Thy Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto 
my path. Give the Lord a big hand, everybody. Come on. We praise Him. We thank Him. We love Him. Thank you, Jesus. You can take your seats and on your way down, touch your neighbor and say, God is going to speak to you today. Amen. Amen. I'm going to preach to you the first part of our message today. Let me move out of the way so you can see the slides. And, oh, are you good? Are you happy? Yeah? I want to ask you this question. What is the most religious insect in the world? Anybody? Praying mantis, yes. But there's another one. You don't know, do you? What is the most religious insect in the world? <laughs> it's the mosquito. You didn't get it. The mosquito. Everybody say, ah. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Sorry for these Tito jokes. I borrowed actually the first joke from Tito Bo, aka BBS. <laughs> so... I want to give you a little trivia. Actually, the first question was, or the first answer was good, the praying mantis. Did you know this crazy thing about the praying mantis that, do you know what the female praying mantis does right after she mates with her partner? You want to know this? It's a little weird, and I want to apologize in advance for those of you eating your breakfast. It might ruin your appetite, but here's what happens. The, the female praying mantis, right after she mates with her partner, you know what she does? She decapitates the head. She bites off the head and then starts to chew the head and, and then digests the head. I mean, that's, that's gross, right? But there is a practical reason. It's not just to, 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 to make you lose your appetite for today, but there is a practical reason. And the reason is this, is that the female knows that once she goes through the pregnancy, she needs the nourishment. She needs the sustenance. And what better way than her partner to offer his life for the baby. I mean, talk about dying to your partner, literally. Like, like you know, one-night stand, so to speak. <laughs> like solo parenting right after. So that's what she does. She needs the sustenance. And the head of the praying mantis, the male praying mantis, is high in protein. But here's the most shocking thing, okay? This is not the only species in the world that does this. Take a look at this photo. You've got a lion... A hamster, a chicken, chimpanzee, you've got rabbits, and, and other different species. What do they all have in common? On some occasions, they actually devour their young. They actually eat their babies. And it doesn't make sense to us. I mean, when we think about that, that's gross. That's, that's unheard of. That's unnatural. But you know what? In the animal kingdom, this happens on a regular basis. Cannibalism is a regular ritual when it comes to animals. It's just that because we're human, we don't understand any of that. To us, it's like, that's, that's, that's preposterous. You know, whenever we hear something grotesque happening in the world, like you see in social media, like a mother left her, her newborn baby in the garbage can, you know, something inside of us just rebels. You know, it's injustice. Whenever you see like a, a bigger guy bully the, the smaller guy, the weaker guy, something inside you stirs and says, this is injustice. Did you ever wonder why we care so much about injustice? Would you like to know? Ask me why. Because it says in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, that you and I, we are all created in the image and likeness of God. So guess what? If God is a God of justice, how many of you believe God is a God of justice? then you too have justice embedded in your DNA. 
My dear friend, this is the foundation of the Bible's understanding of justice. Listen to this. That every human being, every person, whether you're young or you're old, whether you're male or female, whether you're rich or you're poor, whether you're Asian or Japanese or, or Australian or African or, or German or whatever, every human being has equal dignity when it comes to being a God carrier. Can you tell the person beside you right now, you're a God carrier? In other words, we're all equal. There's nobody there who has greater godliness inside of them. Can I confess something? Is it okay if I confess, be vulnerable in front of you right now? I often find myself annoyed when it comes to, you know, I don't know if you experience this or if it's just me, that whenever you park in those free parking spaces outside in the public parking spaces and, and you park in and it's good and then you leave, but then the moment you leave, there's a guy that's waiting there who wasn't there to begin with when you were parking and he somehow expects you know, a fee from you, like a contribution, a little donation, even though he wasn't there watching the car. I had an experience many years ago where we had our music rehearsals in Quezon City and this guy approached me and said, Boss, ako bahala sa kotse mo. You know, I'll take care of your car. Watch over it. And for some reason, he was already asking for money already and said, wait for me when I get back. But for some reason, he was so annoyed that, that I did that and I left. I went for rehearsals for two hours and you know when I came back? Both of my tires were flat. Stuff like that that just annoys you until something happened that, that changed the way I see people and the goodness of, of people is that one time I was parking in the space where it was tight, you know, masikip. So I was parking, reversing very slowly, very slowly. And then a guy, you know, as usual, jumps in and starts helping me. And I, you know, I was very thankful that he did that because I didn't know that there was a, a big pot of plant right in the back. I would have hit it. And so he was directing me. And so I was expecting him to do the same thing, you know, to ask for money. But instead, this guy just walks away. And that's when I saw, I found out that he wasn't actually a bantai. He wasn't even part of the building's security or maintenance. He was just a random guy wanting to help me out. And in that moment, I felt that God wanted to serve me through that person. And what I wanted to do was also serve him back. I, I saw that he was holding a, a red plastic bag. And I said, Kuya, ano yung laman ng plastic bag mo? What's inside your bag? And then he opened it. Apparently, he was selling face masks. And so I bought some from him. And then he says to me, I'm kidding you not. He says, Kuya, ikaw ba si Rojo Nasino? Of course, I had to buy more from him. So that, that's true. And I'm like, you know, sometimes God shows up in the most ridiculous way. But here's the truth. Why am I sharing this? The truth is, everything will change the moment you see God in everyone. Everything will change the moment you experience and you feel God is in this person. That, that street vendor is a God carrier. That security guard is a God carrier. That, that grocery bagger is a God carrier. That Lalamove driver is a God carrier. Everything will change the way you see people, the way you relate to people, the moment you know that every person contains God. Even that politician is a God carrier. Here's the problem. Sometimes we don't act like we're God carriers. Why? Because we forget. We forget. And the other thing is that we forgo. We don't know that we are God carriers. I want, I want you to take a look at this picture. I saw this picture making its rounds in social media. 
And some people were using this to bash one of the candidates running for, 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 for uh, government. And they said that this is what your rally proclamation looks like. And when you see it, wow, daming tao. So many people, no social distancing. But you act, actually, when you zoom in the photo, it's a photo of an aerial perspective of a dump site. And this is just my personal opinion. Don't judge me. This is just my raw, sincere, humble opinion. When I saw this photo, I got disgusted. It was witty, it was creative, it was ingenious to use a dump site and say, this is what you're... But to actually call people garbage? Yes, your thinking might be trashy, might be, might be, might be messy, but to actually go as far as calling people garbage? I mean, nowadays it's so easy for us to call people names. Like, you know, Bobo, Basura, Bayaran. And yet we forget. You're not garbage. Can you tell the person beside you, you're not garbage. You are wonderfully, absolutely, perfectly made by our God. The truth is, when you cancel people, you know what you're doing? You're also canceling the God that's inside of them. God is a God of justice. I want to give to you very quickly two forms of justice. Are you still here? Say, I'm listening. Two types of justice. There may be more, but I'm going to give you the two most common ones. The first type of justice is this. It's called retributive. Everybody say retributive. Retributive justice. What is that, Brother Audie? Well, it's the kind of justice where um, you get an equal amount of punishment based on the crime that you committed. Like an eye for an eye, for instance. A tooth for a tooth. An eyebrow for an eyebrow. A nail for a nail, so to speak. That's retributive justice. There is another kind of justice that is closer to God's justice. It's called restorative. Everybody say restorative. Restorative justice is amazing because this is a kind of justice where yes, you get a punishment for the crime that you commit, but you help the person become a better, a better person. In other words, this is where they rehabilitate the drug addict. This is where they counsel the rapist. This is where they actually enlighten the murderer and the thief. And my friends, this is God's justice. God's justice is restorative because unlike us, we cancel people, right? Whether you believe it or not, you cancel people in your life. God doesn't cancel. God counsels. God directs those who get lost from Him. God, God restores those who have wandered away and puts them in the right path. God restores your original identity as a God carrier. Amen, somebody. Come on, shout amen if you believe that. In fact, the Bible says this. Let me read to you. In the book of Psalms, the book of Psalms describes God this way. It says that He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us and He cares for the orphans and widows. But He frustrates the plans of the wicked. You see, my dear friend, God is a restorer. I mean, when I read this, I imagine, no wonder Jesus came and chose a career in carpentry. Why? Because He's in the business of reshaping, remolding, recreating, retransforming lives, one life at a time. And so, my dear friend, if you're sitting there, if you're watching this live online, and you feel like you're broken, and you're messy, and you are weak, and you are lacking, I want you to know that, hey, that is not your fate. That is not who you are. Because in the eyes of God, you are precious. You are loved. You are blessed. You are anointed.
And if there is somebody here who feels like, you know, this is my fate. I was molested when I was young. I was rejected when I was a teenager. I was, I was abused as a wife. I want you to know that, hey, that doesn't define who you are. You are not garbage. You are loved by God. Can we clap our hands for the love of God who heals us, who restores us? I want you to put your hand in your chest and I'll call the next preacher. Close your eyes. Put your hands over your chest. Come on. And say this again. Lord, you are my restorer. I thank you that you have the power to cleanse me and free me from my sin. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand, everybody, again, as we welcome our dear, dear friend, BBS. <laughs> God bless you. Give a big hand to Audi Villarasa. Thank you, Audi. So good. Tell somebody beside you again, God is the restorer. He is. He is. And because God is restorer and because we're made in the image and likeness of God, we also are restorers. Everybody put your hand over your chest and say, I'm a restorer. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 8 to 9. Can, can we read this verse together? Is that okay? You say it out loud with me. Let it sink deep. One, two, three, go. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. Restoration. God restores people who lack abundance, brings them back to abundance. And then he says, you do that as well. Let's read from Jeremiah, the prophet, chapter 22, verse 3. Let's read together. Do what is right. Help those who have been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Quit your evil deeds. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. My dear friends, the title of our talk is pretty jarring, especially for me. I don't like politics. Are there people here who don't like politics like me? Raise your hand. You know, for, for me, for the longest time, it's messy, it's dirty, and it's beyond repair. That's how I thought. And yet the more I read this book, the more I realize, my gosh, God likes politics. Ask me why. Because God loves people. That's why. And what He does is that He sees something that we don't see, that I don't see personally. God sees politics as a tool for restoration. That's how He sees it. I see corruption. <laughs> I, I see greedy people. But what God does is He says, no, this is going to be a tool that can restore people from lack to abundance. That, that, that's, that's how He sees it. Now, there are four types of people in the world. How many? Four. Number one, the oppressed, the abused, the exploited, the people who are stuck in evil structures of society. 
They are poor. They were born poor. And because they lack money, you know, no education, it's almost like a cycle. In the next generation, they will continue to be poor. Economically and cultural structures, systems of evil that keep them there. Now, number one is the oppressed. And then you've got the oppressors. It's funny because when I talk about the, the, the four people in society, it'll be very difficult for people to say, you know, well, well I think I'm number two. Uh, but, but the oppressors are people who benefit. Everybody say the word benefit. Who benefit from the evil structures of society. And this could be corrupt politicians. This could be greedy, greedy employers. And then you've got number three. Number one are the oppressed. Number two are the oppressors. Number three are the indifferent. And the indifferent are people who live in their own bubble. And when their stomachs are full, they do not care for anyone else's suffering. Do you understand what I'm saying? Number three are the indifferent people, and the indifferent people are, in, are the goats in Matthew 25. Jesus shared a story in Matthew 25 where he says the goats are the people who do not feed the hungry, who do not give drink to the thirsty, who do not visit prisoners. These are the goats. And then there is a number four. And what is the number four? Ask me what? Louder. The restorers. The restorers are people who are the sheep in Matthew 25. These are the people who feed the hungry, who clothe the naked, who give drink to the thirsty, who visit the prisoners. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is saying, hey, are you the oppressed? I will restore you. Are the oppressors? Come and repent. Are you indifferent? Get out of your bubble. Selfishness is idolatry. Ask me why. Because you're worshiping yourself. There are people around you who are in pain and who are suffering. And God says, get out and become a restorer just like me. Tell somebody beside you, God is calling you to be a restorer. Ask me how. Louder. Four steps. Number one, nurture empathy. Say that with me again. One of the Bisita Iglesia Kakaiba that we decided to do together was an idea from Father Bob. And that is, meron mga tao na you, you meet every day. And, and, and don't say, Brother Bo, ako ang mahirap. There are people who are poorer than you. Yes or no? Yes or no? And so, look for those people. Maybe you say hi to the janitress every day in your office. Every day you say hi. Hi. And that's wonderful. But this is what you do. Father Bob says, prepare a sandwich one day. And then sit beside that janitress, give that sandwich, and then listen to her story. Nurture empathy. And listen to, how many children does she have? What province does she come from? Ano klaseng buhay meron siya? Ay, walay na pala siya. When you listen to that story, that person ceases becoming just a face in the crowd, but a person. 
I, I, I'm going to say something, and I, and I hope this is something that you're going to take home with. I, I hope that this is one statement that, that if you will forget everything that I've spoken of so far from stage, you will not forget this next statement. Everybody say, I'm listening. Everybody say, I'm listening really well. Make their problems your problem. Don't clap. Let that statement sink deep. Because that's what it means to be a restorer. If there's a family member beside you, a, a dear friend, hold that person's hand. It's okay. Pamilya mo naman yan. Hold that person's hand. And squeeze hard. And tell that person, make their problems your problem. That's the idea. Number two, Audie was talking about this already. Relate to them as God carriers. By the mere fact that you're able to sit down with a person and listen to that person and show kindness and even just smiling at that person, what are you doing? You're telling that person you're worthy of love. You're, you've got dignity. You are a child of God. Number three, find little ways to restore their abundance. Find little ways. It, it, it could be, you know, how, how, how can I do that, Brother Bo? I, I have nothing. Mahirap lang ako. There might be a way. Maybe the first step is to work on your finances so that you have more to give. Do you understand what I'm saying? And to understand, I'm going to discipline. I'm going to set aside a part of my income as alms so that I'll be able to give more. I'm, I'm not just going to give fish. I want to teach people to fish. So it might be helping their kids go to school. Or maybe facilitate microloans. Brother Bo, napaka-komplikado naman yan. Then you've got to learn and dirty your hands with money and find ways to be able to learn, learn, learn about money so that you can teach people how to get out of their poverty. Step four. Audie shared this already. Vote for candidates that are committed to the poor. You must do your hard work of research. Who among the candidates has character and competence? My dear friends, I've been, I'd like to end with a little story. I've been trying to love the poor for 40 plus years. Living with them, building Anoim, I remember the early days of Anoim, five-hectare property we were able to buy for a song. I remember that time. It, it, it was just crazy. Welcoming the poorest of the poor, old people we pick up from the streets, orphans. I lived with them for a year. Forty-plus years of serving, trying to love the poor. It's exhausting. Let me say this to you, it's tiring. It's sometimes I'm filled with despair. I'll give you one story. I was helping this young guy. Let's call him Jimbo. Lived in the slums all his life. I gave him a full college scholarship. He told me, Kuya Bo, gusto ko maging engineer. And in my mind, I was already imagining pag naging engineer si Jimbo, 
Oh man, it's going to be a bridge for his whole family to be able to get out of poverty. And then the, the generations, that the, the cycle of poverty will stop in his generation. I already had dreams for him. Somewhere in the middle of his college, he went back to drugs. Got his girlfriend pregnant. Was caught stealing. Ended up in prison. You know, I, I was so frustrated. I did not only give him, I did not only send him to school in college, I sent him to school in high school. High school palang. And there, everything gone. And you know, I went to God. I said, Lord, you know, it's really some, sometimes when this happens, you know, I, I don't see all the good stuff happening. I only see the bad stuff happening. And then I said, Lord, it's pointless helping people. It's pointless. And in the middle of my despair, I heard God tell me, can you stand up? You know what God told me? Ask me what? In the middle of my despair and my darkness, God said this, Bo, trust me, I am the restorer. I am the restorer. And I just said, yeah, you're, 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 you're the guy. You're, you're, you're the restorer of Jimbo. And it's taking time. And he falls and fails a lot. But you're going to do it, right? You're going to do it, right? Is that what we feel with our country today? Decades of poverty. Third world country. And sometimes we feel hopeless. Can I say this to you? You are not the restorer of the Philippines. God is. He's going to do it. And He's going to do it in His own time, in His own way. We're just assistant restorers. You know what I'm doing now as I speak to you? I'm sending the kids of Jimbo to school. Poverty may not have ended in the generation of Jimbo. I'm not giving up. It will end in the generation of his kids. I cannot give up, nor can you, because God, He never gives up. We fail, He sticks around, and He stays, I will restore you. My dear friends, God is a restorer of the four types of people in society. He restores the oppressed. He restores the oppressors and calls them to repentance. He restores the indifferent and says, love more. And then He restores the restorers who are tired and in despair. And He says, come, I am the restorer. And you're just my assistant. Do not give up. We are going to do this together. As we come and worship the Lord, I want you to come to Jesus and tell Him to restore you. Whatever needs to be restored. Is there a lack in your life, your soul, your relationships, wherever, whatever decisions you're hap that's happening right now, tell God, you are my restorer. Restore me. Bring back abundance in my life. And Lord, help me to be your assistant restorer.
if you could just pray with me Jesus you are my restorer restore me now my friends as you come before the Lord and worship submit to God the area in your life that needs his restoration in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening to today's podcast Subscribe to Feast Radio and open yourself to God's grace For more podcasts like these visit feast.ph/radio